Hello, people, and welcome back to another episode of Black Belt or Bust. David's making fun of me already because I'm Keely. And I'm Misty. Like I said, we've got David again. Misty, what are we talking about today? We are talking about EBI rule set. EBI rule set. Yes. What does that mean? Um, White belts, you're going to hear it get confused. Yes. Um, Eddie Bravo, who is the creator of 10th Planet has his own invitational tournament and there's a set of rules that he has within his tournament settings that's different than others so David knows a lot more than us I've just watched these tournaments and know like very brief things about it so David why kind of why I have a question this is what I'm very curious about so, how was Eddie Bravo able to just be like, you know what, fuck it, like, here's my invitation. <laughs> Wasn't it like it was one of the first sub-onlys on the scene? There were other sub-only tournaments, like you had sub-only tournaments that were actually in um, Virginia, I want to say it was Grappling United, I think that they might have been like the first sub-only tournaments. Rose Gracie then, she actually had her own her own sub-only only t- tournaments out like in Cali, but then Eddie went ahead and then he really actually helped to kind of push it stronger to being like more of a accepted format. So, Eddie was able to actually get this done just 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 because he's both right place, right time, and the right connections too. So you gotta read, you gotta read, remember... Eddie was a purple belt when he got into comment, commentating for King King of the Cage back in the early two two thousands. He got to actually comment commentate in Pride because again he's best friends with Joe Joe Rogan and he was teaching Joe Jiu Jitsu too. He went ahead and he got to be the um, he was the he was in the ring truck for the UFC for a few few years telling telling. Um, Telling the director which shots to actually look at for for grappling. This way, we could actually emphasize grappling and actually help show the general audience what was actually going going on. Then he went to where he basically had the Howard Letter Letter Letterman role. And if you're a boxing aficionado, you know what I'm talking about. Where basically he would actually give his educated opinion by like by like ringside, like what the what the what the score of the round actually is. From his point point of view, then eventually, then he started coaching more and more UF, UFC fighters. Like his most famous one right now is probably Tony Ferguson, who's also a black belt under him. He's coached a lot of different guys, so because of that, he got he got a level of no, of notoriety. Also, added within within the within the BJJ form format, he used to be a, he used to be an active competitor back in the Cali Cali scene. That's why some people they'll crap on him for him being like all nogi, but you can look up matches of his online. He rolled and he won a lot with the gi on. Mm-hmm. So he this this not that he does not know like the gi. He just prefers nogi though, because originally he was making Ten Planet as basically a evolution of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for the purpose of mixed martial arts. Because you had got a lot of a lot a lot of people like I talked about it in the former episode. Where they come from using the, the gi a lot, and there's a heavy reliance on it because it just fits the formats of your normal gi tournaments. But again, for like mixed martial arts, a lot of your moves that are very gi specific are pretty much worthless then. And that's how he actually made 10th Planet, just to try to actually evolve techniques yeah. for that. 
some people they didn't actually like that because of course they want to be essentially you know saying okay you can't really actually evolve things who the hell were you mainly because you're not bra- bra- Brazilian etc 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 because that because that's how Tent Planet somewhat being viewed as a separate style actually happened I don't view it as that it's just it's just another form of BJJ and they just use different code 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 words if you if you go to any academy where people compete a lot everyone has inside code words for specific moves so Keely is really really good like a certain like say Darsh choke setup I may yell at her hey go 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 for the Keely the opponent mm-hmm. and the coach may not know what it is but of course you know the fighter knows what the hell it is mm-hmm. so you know that's where a lot of their naming can, can convention happen at because you have people that actually freak out over it but I'm like no fools you know it's no, it's no different than like if you're watching college or like professional football etc the plays are the exact same, but how you actually code it so that the other team doesn't know what the hell you're calling. Yeah, you know, and there's an advantage to that. Especially yeah. for competitors, you don't want them to know exactly what you're going to do. I mean, as you're coaching someone and you tell them to go for it, you just gave the opponent yeah. the ability to be like, I know what that they're going for. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to either use your own terms or something like that or phrases, uh, what, like, for example, one phrase I know, especially if I'm getting in a triangle, that Jessica started using because Rachel Cassius used it, mm-hmm. was look to Jesus. Yeah. And so, so yeah, to be able to posture up, and that's all she was talking about is, like, get your head up, posture up, start, mm-hmm. start breaking the triangle itself down. And so just slang that makes the most sense to you is also going to relate to you better than maybe some other terms. Or if you, and it's not saying that if you don't go to a different gym and they say something and you ask, what does that mean? And you relate it back to something you did. Yeah, that's it's not to say that they're not going to tell you. And uh, it's just, it's different at each gym. Yeah, plus you look, and if you need to rename moves that it actually makes sense within your own mind so you can actually hit it hit it faster, that's fine. Or even if you've Doesn't renamed matter. it for kids. Like, Missy, you've worked with the kids before and you've had <laughs> to explain things differently. And really simplify it or give it a catchy name so that the yeah. kids remember it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, no, I think it was 2015 whenever the first EBI actually happened because, funny enough, I was supposed to actually go to that tournament. Um, you would. Because, <laughs> well, no, 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 because it was, it, it was happening at the end of Worlds and one of the promoters was there at Worlds and I was talking to him and he was offering me even free free tickets. The problem was though, I was taking like a red eye like at 3 a.m. to come back to the East Coast. Mm. So literally that's the only reason why I did not go to the um, Orpheum and then going 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 to like the first EBI. Like I literally just happened to actually be there at Worlds. It was the end of Worlds. I think, I think Boo, Boo Cheshire had, had, had one like his seventh or sixth world championship or like something but like I was actually talking to him and I actually had free tickets but again I think it was like nine or ten ten o'clock so I needed to actually go back pack up like at my geese get a few hours of sleep and then get up to try to actually make that three a a a.m. flight so I was like well I would but you know that's just not gonna actually hurt mm-hmm. so he came up with the format for like this right here for him and for some people a lot of your worlds matches they can be extremely boring so again, um, in general, competitors, if they can, they will actually play the rules, and it doesn't matter what the rule format is. That's this is why there really is no perfect rule set necessarily. Well, that's a lot. There's like one rule set to me that is actually perfect, but almost nobody ever actually uses it. If you want me to talk about that, we'll do it later on. But he went ahead and he came up with this format here because he wants 
to really highlight the importance and beauty of jujitsu in terms of the submission because that should be that should be the number one goal. So he went back and back and forth in terms of rule sets, and then he came up with the EBI format where it's sub only, where you cannot actually win because of a of, of anything that's actually sub subjective. You will have people, and if you've ever actually competed, you'll argue because okay, well, I don't really know why the referee gave this guy the advantage here, or blah 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 blah. So with this, the referees are actually taken out. There is no potential ticky 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 tack tack thing. You can either win by sub, or you can win within the overtime time rounds. In which case, that could be by like like escape, because jujitsu in theory should be about escaping yourself from terrible positions too, not being within danger slash getting the sub. So those are the two points he actually emphasized. So for the timed rounds, <clears throat> what is the normal time? Because especially for like IBJJF, you think of timed rounds, how that's going to be altered due to rank. Do yeah. you have the same time round for everybody? everybody. Is it altered due to rank? Every, yeah, everyone gets the same time. It used to be 20, 20 minutes, at least in like the original format, but then because I think it went from like an eight, for some of the tournaments, depending, it goes from an eight-man bracket to a 16-man uh, bracket. So because of that, they went to the 10-minute 10, 10 format in the, in, instead, which is which is smart because, again, the more competitors that you actually have, then, of course, then, like, the weight, then, uh, then the difference in, ter in terms of time. Well, and also the less time you have, the more you have to work because you don't have enough time to be able to kind of make up for it later. It's you have to be very focused and very intent to be able to get your submission or prevent a submission and immediately hunt again. Well, because if you don't actually get it within the regulation, then you go to over overtime, in which case then, no matter what, you will be put within a bad submission spot. So maybe maybe whenever we go, nobody in competition has ever been able to get to like my bat. But if you go to overtime, then then you people then people can actually start there. In which case, then that can be rough. Then. So, what are the overtime positions that you can start in, and the rules going into overtime? How do you decide who's going to start in the kind of more uh, more dominant position? Mm -hmm. And then, do you get to choose the position at which you are going to be in, or are you told which position you're going to be in? All right, so you will always flip a flip a coin, and based on the coin coin flip, the winner actually gets to go first, and they get to essentially choose in what position do they want to be in. And the only two positions are going to be either either with the back or within a, within a position called spider web, which is basically just. Cross-sized body, you actually have like the arm wrapped up as if you're about to go for an arm bar, but the but your but your opponent though already has their hands locked or they're defending against it within like some way. So then from like that point on, it's the fastest to the sub or the fastest to 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 escape. So you basically have two clocks going. If I'm being offensive, how fast does it actually take me to actually get a submission? Or how fast, or sorry, or how long can I actually keep you there? So if I, so, let's say if I have you within what like back, but it takes you a minute and a half to actually get out. That's what that's what that's being ride time. So basically, once you once we once we once we flip positions, then let's say if you start on like my back, but then I get out within 15 seconds, then okay, your ride time sucks compared compared to mine. Then then you have one more one more shot. Because basically, if we look at it going back and back and back and forth, that's like one round. Mm -hmm. So basically, can I can I actually sub you? So like, let's say if it takes me like a minute and a half to actually sub you, but then we actually flip it, then 
and then you sub me within 15 seconds, well, your sub time's faster. So now basically going into the second round, that's tiebreaker. So let's say if I try to sub you, but you get out within like five seconds, you win then. Okay. So. So no matter what, they're 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 gonna they are gonna constantly look at you both. Oh wait, wait, sorry. Let's say like within like that very next round, you get out within like five seconds, but then you start in spider web then, and then you're holding me, and then it goes to like six seconds and all. Then bam, you win because you actually control me longer then. Yeah. So let's talk about the incentive with the EVI. We didn't talk about that yet, right? The money. Yeah. No, I wanted to. Uh, I had or one more. I had one more question about the overtime. So, like the mentality going into the overtime, is it kind of a strategy going into the overtime? Is it better to try and maintain them longer rather than immediately going for the submission, unless you think you can go for the submission, because then you're giving yourself more time to be able to escape if you're worried about being able to escape whenever it's your turn. Uh, depends on you and depends on how you play like the game. You may actually want to control more. Num- number one, because you are actually increasing your ride time. But two, the person knows right now. Like there, there, there have been a few where a person would say like, "Oh, it was in back control for like two minutes." That's a long ass time to actually control a person. Mm. So because of that, let's say like first round. Let's say if I know that you actually escape faster than what I did. You escaped in 15 seconds, whereas I escaped in like 45 seconds. Essentially, round one's yours. Mm-hmm. Second round now, it's taking me two minutes to try to actually get out. Okay, you like you 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 literally have two minutes of like dominant dominant time. I have to actually either now tap you. If I tap you, I actually win that round. So then I so then I basically tie things up because submission mm-hmm. actually trumps all. Or I've got to control you for at minimum two minutes and one second just to beat your ride time then. Okay. So it really just because depends on Because it's two out of three out. rounds. Right. That's two out of three. Okay. Um, so I brought up the incentive because the winner of the EBI gets money. And how much is it again? Depends. They may get money or they may not actually get okay. money. So, so if they're doing one where they do get money. So if you if you wind up tapping out your opponent within the within the regulation time, you got ten thousand dollars potentially banked mm-hmm. out of like a total total cash prize. So it's ten thousand dollars each round then yeah. that you can potentially get. So let's say if there's an eight man tournament Okay, and then you're gonna go for it. You may actually lose like like the very first two rounds, but then like you win like the, the last two rounds. All right, if you win the last two rounds by submission in the regulated time, then you get forty forty thousand okay. dollars. You know, versus if you're gonna tap out everybody, then you get the accumulated pot. So it is a all or nothing. There is no well, we have show money and all that. You go in there, you know, you have to get a sub to actually get to actually get paid. And even then, you have to win it to actually get paid. Yeah. Okay, so it's based off of how many subs are in that group or in that bracket. Yes. Okay. Because that was one thing I found interesting about it. And I think I like watching EBI more so than other tournaments because, one, you know, they have that incentive. So they're going for the sub. They're just... There's submission hunting, basically what we talked about last night. So it is more entertaining to watch. It's interesting to watch. Um, 
What yeah. makes submission only just so like you like how you're talking about pre- pretty much you're saying it's attractive. Yeah. Why is it so attractive compared to other high end sports jiu-jitsu? Um, multiple reasons. One, some people they just like to actually crap on something that's already established in format. You do have that camp. Um, anyone argue arguing may lo- I literally watch all formats of tournaments. I don't really care. So you're gonna lose this argument. Um, so you have that. But one of the better things about it is is that again, and you've actually had this. All right, I'm a I'm a alliance black belt. Let's say if I'm in the finals of like a tournament and the referee that's actually in it, he's a Gracie Baja guy. Traditionally, Gracie Baja and Alliance have been big time rivals. You know, Alliance has been been the big time winner over like like the last like few 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 years here. But if there's a Gracie Baja ref, he may be hard as to when he actually awards me points. But then I'm going up against somebody that's also from Gracie Baja, and then he'll want him giving out points, advantages, etc. Quick because. In some tournament circuits, you don't really have necessarily uh, outstanding people that will actually call call things fairly. And there's yeah. no there's no real re re review board to look at the to to look at how referees are. So they're not going to actually take back titles or matches that should have went like another way, etc. If we go submission only, though, there's no referee that can basically screw me over because he doesn't like my team or he doesn't like my my teacher. Or, he doesn't like what I say in social media, or because I'm a I'm a gringo and I'm going up against one of his Brazilian comrades, like whatever. All that crap is taken out. So because of that, it forces people that have to actually kind of earn that win a lot more, and a lot of the and a lot of the subjectivity that can be can, that can actually be there that can cause controversy is just not going to actually be there. Yeah. So it puts the hands of things back into the competitors more. In terms of whether or not you win or 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 you lose, then. So, in terms of the competitors themselves, do you think it gives them more freedom when it comes to their jujitsu compared to a point system? Um, there are pros and cons to it, because you have some people, and I and again, I'm not going to call names. I'm I'm not, I'm not just going to just trash talk here, but you will see some high level guys that don't really care that their guard gets passed because again if you've not tapped me and I have really good defense like whatever because then they're basically thinking about taking you into the overtime time time rounds. In which case then to me that's completely stupid because it's like, okay, so basically you're saying then don't worry about your defense because in reality people should not be passing your guard if you can actually help it then. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear people that want to use these moronic statements of that I'm a submission only fighter, blah 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 blah. That's one of the stupidest things you know that people can say to me, because sometimes a lot of the people that want to say that crap, again, in terms of their ability to keep their guard, it sucks. Their ability to to do takedowns, it sucks, because again, if I know then that a takedown will not put me within two points. Uh, or sorry, put me down by like two points. I may not care about getting taken taken down, mm-hmm. or I may just choose just to actually just sit. Well, if you if if you really want to look at this, goes back to like the whole mixed martial arts thing too. If you don't, if you're not worrying about your about your takedowns because you do submission only, and you, and you can look it up online. People from blue belt through black belt even will at times talk about how oh yeah my takedown game sucks. It doesn't really matter. I'll just sit. All right, well, and then you want to go and you want to do mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. So are you going to get a person down by hoping 
by hoping like a prayer or what then. Yeah. So it depends now on how you want to actually play that format. Because some people, they get heavily into that format. Okay, that's fine, but are you doing that then at the expense of you making yourself as complete of a grappler as you actually can be? Yeah. Well, that, and especially hearing, like, white belt, early blue belt, whenever they really kind of shit on the point system, a lot of time it's like, okay, do you understand what the point of the point system is? Do you understand, like, how to get a dominant position and maintain a dominant position and how to get there, how to transition? And a lot of times it's they just want to roll without an intention. Yeah, but again, the problem is, though, they roll and then they get their asses kicked because they can't keep their guard at all. Yeah. And people are all over them. And then it's like, okay, and then sometimes it's say, well, he didn't actually sub me. Well, if I can get knee on, knee, knee on belly, get your back, go to mount, etc., that means I can also punch the ever living piss out of yeah. you whenever mm-hmm. I actually want to. Like, that's the original thing for the rules, though. Yeah. Or, sorry, for like the uh, for, for how points are actually scored. It's basically positions where you can do the most damage by punching a person. And, mm-hmm. you know, David talking about that because these are things that John Danahar talks about. Mm-hmm. And there is an episode where he was on uh, one of Joe Rogan's podcasts and he talks about why you know the point system and these different like attacks and the purpose and intent of them so I think a lot about Gordon Ryan obviously because he's you know one of the best grapplers in the world no he grapplers and he can do all rule sets no problem because he has a basic understanding of the fundamentals of jujitsu and applying them in his competition. But also pay attention when a lot of them are posting on social media. They talk, uh, like, so many people have the misconception that, oh, if you're going to be sub only, you're the attacker all the time. But then mm-hmm. whenever you look at how some of these people are training, they're like, actually, no, I'm getting tapped this many times. We were having that conversation earlier with, yeah. Yeah. where it's like you're getting tapped like 15, 20 times a week. Because you have to put yourself in a bad position. You have to in put yourself in the worst. Yeah. But, so again, there's a lot of count or point counter, counter, counterpoint, because remember this too. The EBI rule set is one variation on the submission-only format. Not all, not, not all orgs that use a submission-only format use the EBI over, yeah. over, overtime rule. So if you look at, like, say, Fight to Win, they do a submission-only format for both Gi and, like, no Gi, but if you don't actually get the tap within, like, that 10 minutes, then then you have three judges, then that basically render a, a, yeah, a, decision. a decision then. Mm-hmm. And these are people that normally actually rotate around, and they actually go everywhere, so then mm-hmm. there's there there's a lot less bias, and they, they, yeah. they, 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 I can rarely say that I've actually disagreed with the judges. Most times I'm actually with them, though. Yeah, and it makes yeah. me think of Submission Hunter, the Super Fight pro- yeah. uh, program that I did for a little bit, and it would be, you have your time limit submission only. If you didn't get the submission, it was just a draw. Yeah, and you and you also have that. So, like, Madam Morris actually did that. I think Polaris did that for a time, but I think that they went back and forth between using judges, etc. So, again... There is no one submission-only format. Like, for me, my personal favorite format, and I'm not seeing this, you know, since then. You, if you can hunt down the old DVD, that's fine. Look up the 2004 uh, Gracie Pro-Am Invitational. I believe that was the name of. It. I have the DVD though. But the rules were essentially this: no time, time, time limit, submission only, or the first to 12, 12 points. Mm-hmm. And you're using these traditional IBJJF scoring. Uh, system though. So if you really want to be lazy and you don't want to actually defend takedowns, get good at takedowns, you don't care about your guard getting passed, etc. Points are actually racking up and if you get to 12, you lose. 
and that is that is probably That's the that is probably the most exciting tournament that I ever actually saw. The longest match was like a twenty-eight minute match. I think it was like mm-hmm. with Henry Gracie and Cassio Warnick, and that was a great great matchup matchup there. This is after like Henry and Huron, not too long after they got their black belts. But if you if you go back and then if you actually watch that one though again, first to twelve. Or sub, so there was no being boring because again, again, there is no time limit. Yeah, to keep working. So if you want to be super slow for like a hour, okay, but let's see what your gas tank is. Otherwise, if a person's taking you down and then letting you get back up, then they're just scoring scoring up points now. So it makes you have to be aggressive then. Oh, that's interesting. We'll have to do see, like a. And then I've seen I've seen some local tournaments where they've done no time limit because I've done mm-hmm. one uh, Kakuda. In Alpharetta, Georgia. Yeah. And uh, the first time doing that, my very first match ever was like 15 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And that was rough. <laughs> yeah, but again, when there's no points, then you're just kind of there and things can actually happen. And then, you know, again, people love the submission only and they want no time limits. But at times it's like, okay, if you're inside control and then you're just desperately trying to actually keep your arms and keep your frame in and you're not moving, you're basically stiff as if you're dead. Mm-hmm. If I'm a paying paying audience, that's just boring. So yeah. if I'm a so if I'm a pro promoter, I don't want to actually hear it, and I don't want to hear about how it's the most pure rule set. Blah 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 blah. If it's in the street, someone would then come and they kick you like in the head because you're basically just sitting there doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. If you know though that you by that by you actually sitting sitting there. Even though it's no time limit, they're racking up points, and then they can win based on like what the point accumulation is. That makes you have to actually move faster, mm-hmm. so you can't hang out then. Exactly. So then it be so then it makes it a more exciting tournament format. That's my personal favorite rule set. Well, that and then sometimes the no time limit it, it's a blessing and a curse. And in terms of a curse, especially when people don't have a lot of experience. They can go for a really long time where it's just a mess. It is. It's just a hot mess, especially. I I remember seeing one over Facebook Live. I was keeping up with it. It was like a local in-house tournament, and they had a white belt match that was going for almost an hour, and it was just a mess. Yeah, that's it. Can't kudos to the kudos to the girls for getting through it. Yeah, but it was a a long match. Yeah, but again, if you then have ten other women that are also in that division you just went a full full hour so yeah or you so it was long one actually one. Yeah. yeah so that's why again there really is no perfect rule set necessarily because i mean even the rule set that i personally like other people they may not like that that's fine though you know that's why you have the the varying rule set but there really is no perfect rule set but for me personally that's my favorite rule set because again and if you guys want, I'll show you guys like the DVD later on, though. But like again, there's not a there there literally is not a boring match anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and it's like especially since you're a coach <clears throat> and instructor, you're able to see a rule set more objectively than subjectively. Like for us as competitors, people prefer the rule set that they're the best at yeah. or that they can exploit the most because a good competitor may not be a great athlete across different platforms or across different rule sets. But a good competitor for a certain rule set can exploit the rule set to, in order to win. So they're they're winning because they know the rule set, um, and it's not even like doing the bare minimum to either get the most points. But I mean, if you if you know how to how to work it so that you win by advantage each, t- each yeah. time, and you're expending the least amount of energy, then you're smart in terms of that competition because you know how to work the system. Yeah. Well, also because people again they become specialists. Yeah. 
Since so because I become a specialist at like a certain rule set. Because again, I'll take the EBI format. Okay, there have been matches, and again, I talked to you guys off air in regards to. I mean, you can go ahead and you can actually look at them. But there are definitely matches where people were like, "I can't pass this guy's guard," or "Or oh my god, these submissions are just just coming on like crazy. I can't really do much." And they spend the whole ten minutes then actually just essentially going, okay, I've got to just actually hold out just to get to the overtime time rounds, mm-hmm. and then they win more that way. Well, okay, maybe you maybe you win a few matches, or, may, or maybe you even win EBI this way. Did you really show them that you have like the best submission format within a format that supposedly is about being submission only? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. You're really good at your defense, and you're really good at like escaping out because maybe you're hyper-athletic or, or something. Mm-hmm. So again, even whenever that actually happens, and that's happened at, at times where you watch matches with men and women, and you're like, okay, the one person's trying to really go for subs, the other person's not really doing 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 crap, and then they and then the person that was hunting for the subs that was tired, and now they go into the overtime time rounds, and then their escape times less, and they lose them. Okay, well then, did did this match really prove who had the better jujitsu in terms of finishing? No. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, you'll still have people that want to talk and downplay quote-unquote points tournaments. Now, I don't even know what the hell a damn points tournament is. Because to me, if you actually say points tournament, it means, okay, the only way to win is actually by points. And it's not. Yeah, yeah. And trumps all. Yeah, and the people that really want to... Even, even though some of you were actually getting into the game and then you did not get the pleasure of watching them compete when they were going out, the two that are pretty much universally looked at as being the greatest of like all time is Hunter Gracie and Marcelo Garcia. These guys won in the IBJJF and the Gi with a very high submission percentage win rate. And then they won in like no Gi as well with a very high submission Right. In fact, I think Hodger might be the only guy in the IBJJF Worlds because he never because Nogi Worlds came around. I think after he was he was done, but he won the IBJJF Worlds by tapping out everybody in his division plus the absolute. And in ADCC, he did the exact same thing. He's the only one that I can actually think of that's literally done the exact same thing in terms of tapping out everybody. So these are tournaments that actually have that 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 have points where people can actually exploit them for little ticky tack advantages, etc. And he went out and he still tapped everybody. So yeah. when people want to crap on, oh, well, this one has points and blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, then never, ever talk about Hodger, Marcelo, et cetera, because unlike, unlike, unlike you, they didn't really give a damn, and they just went out and they went out to, to, to win. Yeah. And they and their only focus was really on getting like a sub. Mm-hmm. If they happen to win by points, fine, but more often than not, they're putting on so much pressure as they're racking up points to where they were tapping out people. Yeah. So, I have a question, mm-hmm. because when we watched the one from a few weeks ago, the female 125, and it was, uh, that was, Patty? um, that was the one where with Blanchfield won it. What mm-hmm. year was that? That was a couple years ago. It was like two years ago, maybe? Yeah. Maybe, maybe 2017? Maybe 2018. 2017, 2018. 2017, Yeah, it was, yeah, it was uh, Silver Fox one. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think that was like the first EBI tournament. I yeah, think. because we were watching over time with Petty Fontes. Yeah. But watching her in that EBI, which I think was her first one, that was before she did the 115, <coughs> she had just come out of IBJJF, off mm-hmm. of an IBJJF tournament. 
So just having to transition, I had already seen her do the 115 prior to this one, even though this one was first. Uh And because she had done the EBI, then going into the 115, there was a switch. It was like she was able to adapt to that new rule set. It was like Mm -hmm. she understood we're hunting for submissions rather than IBJJF. It was points because she dominated that match. She lost it, but she dominated the entire time. Yeah, points didn't matter. Yep, because she was she was very positional. She was, but I mean, because she went up against a. I think the girl's actually a brown belt now, but she was a blue belt back then. Or yeah, I think I think she was a blue belt mm-hmm. that was like ten planet. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a purple though. Yeah. But because they were really hyping her up and all that mess, that's why like commentators that are not affiliated with like you know like the teams and all, but whatever. That's another story for another day. But in that match, she had really good escaping, but Patty was just actually beating her. So if it's so if it's just a straight match and we're looking at that, Patty would have actually won that. Yeah. Where Patty got caught was within overtime because that's where I think she got Patty with an arm bar. She did. It was the last round she got. Right. Uh, she got the submission on Patty in the last round, mm-hmm. and then uh, escaped before Patty could submit right. her. But if and you, she won two of the three. Right. But, and mind you, this is not me complaining because no matter what the rule set is, you know, whenever like whenever you sign up for like a rule set, don't don't bitch about it. Yeah. You yeah. Had, like like you actually had time within regulation to actually get like a tap. So if it say if it goes to a judge's score or it goes to like this that or the other, you could have actually gotten potentially screwed. Yes, but the reality is though, you should have been trying to actually get the submission finished because there's a lot of men and women, and you you can look at it where they will literally try to do a little ticky tack thing to get barely ahead, and then they'll want to actually hold on. Well, again, you're now putting the life of your ability to win this tournament in somebody else's hands versus you going for the sub mm-hmm. so you actually have full control over it. Yeah. So again, was she able to actually really beat Patty and turn to just straight one on one with whenever we we both start standing? No. Patty mm-hmm. Patty actually, you know, won. Mm-hmm. But for the rules of that tournament, once they went to the overtime time time rounds and for back control and spider web and all she wound up actually actually getting it. So kudos yeah. actually to mm-hmm. her. So, you know, that's why it's like this is what some what some black belts don't actually really like about it in terms of, well, I'm gonna basically start within a bad position that you didn't actually earn. And again, yeah. my own personal counter argument is I get that. I get I get where some people they can look at that as being BS, but here's the reality. This is what the rules of the tournament yeah. are. If you don't yeah. really want to do it and you still want to do this tournament because maybe you want to get money Make sure then that you actually get the submission. Then. Yeah, otherwise, just, don't, don't get to the overtime. Otherwise, don't want about it. It's just understanding the rules and respecting those rules. But the reason I bring that up is because I've seen that her Patty compete in one fifteen, mm-hmm. and just she's a beast. She's mm-hmm. going for her sub. So it was, I think, so people who are new to competing or new to actually watching bigger tournaments can see how this can change or you see different competitors on different stages or in different situations and also like as you're developing as a competitor or just getting interested in competitions try a couple of different formats don't be like i'm this kind of person well how do you know if you've never tried something else so just try a whole bunch of different things because competition is competition is competition and then just make sure you're training for whatever competition you're going in yeah yeah so right this is gonna be a small small rant too don't 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 That's be one 
No, no, no. But I mean, like, this is, <laughs> this is this is just for whatever tournament that you're going to actually do. Do not be one of these complete idiots that does not actually read the damn the damn rules. Yeah. Okay. Now, if they change the rules day of because you relate to like the rules meeting, that's like one thing. But yeah, like I will always remember. I went to one of the Atlanta Opens and this blue belt chick. She got disqualified because she knee barred somebody, mm-hmm. and they couldn't actually figure out why. And I'm sitting here and I'm having to explain to her mom. I'm like, well. You know, knee bar is not legal until you're a brown belt and they're under the IBJJF circuit format. And then she goes, "Oh well, we didn't. We didn't really know because we mainly just do Naga." Okay, we live right now in 2020. You have a damn iPhone. You have a Galaxy. Mm-hmm. You have Samsung. All this crap. Mm-hmm. Instead of you looking up like the newest filters that you can put on Instagram and like TikTok, take five freaking minutes to actually look at what the damn rule set yeah. is because mm-hmm. it's not that hard. Like yeah. it really is. Truly, it's not like, that hard. That are like, don't wait till day it. of. Yeah. To be like, oh, how do I win? Yeah. Like, some people are like, oh, I'm just going to go out and compete. And then you tell them, like, okay, like, you're playing the points. And in their mind, they're on submission. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, they're like, oh, well, how'd they beat me? Well, they got points on you. Even though they didn't submit you, you didn't submit them. So you, you're, you, all that shit you were yeah. talking, you didn't do it. That and. And then they got their points on you. Yeah, that and then just know what's going to get you disqualified at your rank because different rules change for different ranks too. Mm-hmm. They do, the and, and and again, I've been to, I've been to plenty of tournaments and people whined about the rules set because they didn't know this or this or this, and I'm like, okay, guys, if it's clearly stated, plus there's rules meetings that you can actually have, plus you can even watch matches from this tournament circuit because we have these things called YouTube and Daily Daily Motion, and you can actually just type in whatever the tournament circuit actually is. I don't want to hear crap when you don't know what the rules are unless you want to just say say basically aloud, I'm stupid and I'm too lazy to actually look it up. Yeah. And going from that, if you are ignorant and that you don't know the rule set, you don't know stuff going on, and the ref calls you out on it or disqualifies you, that's on you. It don't is. be a dick to the volunteers and the refs because of your ignorance. It is. Yes. It's like stop being I, lazy I've seen so many people fight refs yes. when it's like you were in the wrong they are doing their job mm-hmm. because they're protecting the other person yeah. from doing bullshit and yeah and and i will i will be, give big ups to the ibjjf here because i have a love-hate relationship with them but you know they have a extensive pdf format on what's allowed what's not allowed you can do the rules meeting they even have a free freaking app that mm-hmm. you can actually get that actually has all of the damn rules on there. Well, and now not all tournament circuits actually have that. Like that's fine, but at least whenever it comes to like that one is there. So, you know, if there's any major rules that you don't actually know, now it's different now. Like let's say if like this next tournament season they change up how they do advantages and like a certain thing, mm-hmm. and maybe you weren't paying 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 attention. In reality, you should be paying attention, but. I'll give you a pass, but like basic things like again that one blue belt that went for that knee bar, it's like idiot. Mm-hmm. They don't actually allow that, and it's mm-hmm. easily spelled out. You cannot do knee bars or toe holes with the gi on until you're at brown belt. Well, that are some people that will predominantly train no gi, and then they'll get in the gi and they think that they can do everything the same mm-hmm. at a lower rank. And it's like you you can't no. reap, you can't do the you can't do these things that you always go for. So if you don't break some of those habits whenever you're training in the gym, and I've told some people this, like, we have, like, um, I've seen a couple white belts try to, like, knee bar each other and heel hook and toe holds and stuff like that, and you have to tell them, you can't do this in a tournament, and you're telling me you want to compete. If you build some of these habits, you're going to do that in a tournament and get disqualified. Yep. Yeah. 
because that's your go-to. Like you need to train other submissions or other positions to not only be well-rounded, but so you don't fuck yourself up. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. And hurt. And and you know hurt. You don't want to hurt the people you're training with, especially if you're a white. See, and then like and only you know only a brown belt. See, and in like my mind, like when I roll with somebody at a rank. And it, it varies if it's like I'm going against somebody uh, upper rank than me, but like my rank and lower particularly, I roll at their rule set because like I'm not going to throw something you don't know at you on top of, or uh, it's very surprising like I'm playing at your rule set and then all of a sudden it's like you try to heel hook me and we're in gi and I'm sitting here like, motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> just because I'm a purple belt doesn't mean... You throw shit out just because you saw it on YouTube and you want to try it. Well, again, yeah. this is where I want you to be a damn a damn adult. If you want to actually do these things, then you ask your training partner if mm-hmm. it's okay. In general, and my students already know this, I don't like you doing a lot of crap that I've not actually taught you. I take this approach right here anyhow. Until you get like a blue belt, I'm not going to show you how to do the mechanics of a heel, heel hook or like a knee bar even. Because, quite frankly, there's too many people whenever you're first new, you don't have sensitivity. You just actually go hard because you go, well, this person may be there. They're a white belt, too, but they have three stripes, and I don't actually have any. So, basically, what you essentially do, this is men and women, you overcompensate. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that you're an evil person or that you're terrible or that you're out to actually injure. You're just basically dumb. In which case, then, it's kind of like with kids. If we're doing football... I'm not letting kids go ahead and hit as if they're within the National Football League. What do we do? Touch football, then we go to flag football, and then and then we go limited limited mm-hmm. contact, and then we can go full contact. It's the same same way, and you're not that special. Even if you're like, yeah, well, I'm seeing this secret knowledge and this and this and this. Okay, then fine. I'll roll with you, and then I'm going to heel, 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 heel hook, mm-hmm. twister you, knee bar you, toe hold you, and I'm going to let you know what I'm, what I'm going to actually do because I can do all of this stuff anyhow. It's just, again, there's a progression to know because even when, it, especially whenever you're training submissions, I should have faith in you to be able to get me within a, within a submission and control it to where you could, to where you could actually get, get a tap, but not take me to a breaking point. Yeah. Okay. And then I've got to have the ego to go, okay, I can't really actually move out. You got me tap. So it's a, so both, both people have different, have these re, have these responsibilities here. But again, and you know, people know whenever my guys are actually rolling because we got like one guy. He's a you know he started with the Luta Libre, and he's already good at toe holes, knee bars, etc. He's a blue belt. And then I say, all right, look, you know, there are people that want to do their leg lock game with him. Go ahead and actually make sure that it's cool mm-hmm. on like both ends and do it. And then, and then he will do the stuff on me, and I will do that to him all of the time, to mm-hmm. time too. But he knows brand new white belts I'm not going to go ahead and knee bar the ever loving crap out of, out, out, out of them and like calf slice like all of this crap here because again they don't know what they're doing because a lot of your a, a lot of your injuries that happen even from leg loss it's not because the person is applying the wrong it's because you're escaping the wrong yeah well that and then also ex- good tournaments acknowledge when they may have to do rule change rule set changes or if, say, they had uh, people missing from brackets and they're building a bracket and it's people at two different experience levels, people will acknowledge saying, hey, you know, this person was moved up. Are we playing at the advanced rule set? Or would you mind playing at a more remedial r- rule set? Um, I know, especially as a blue belt, the few times that it was I got to play either in advanced no-gi or something like that, 
they would acknowledge it and I would be the person being like, you know, I'm not taking I'm not taking it from them, like let's play the advanced rule set to get my feel for it. Yeah. But they gave the option or even like the last invitational, the rule set was for up to brown belt. Mm-hmm. And then there were two blue belts and a purple belt. So they gave us the option, do you want to continue with this rule set or do you want to draw back to a purple belt, yeah. blue belt rule set? One of the girls was just like, I want to heel hook a motherfucker. <laughs> well, but, but they acknowledged the people within that were going to be affected by the rule set. Yeah. And with the king and queen tournament, mm-hmm. going from gi to no gi and the rules that they were applying, being in no gi... You know, you can go from being, you have to have at least two years experience and then up, but the rule set is we do knee bars, we do toe holds, we do Mm -hmm. everything. So being aware of, okay, here are the options that may happen to me. Mm -hmm. I have to accept this if I'm going into the tournament. So when they explained that to me, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Well, you, and again, you just, you, you just trained us. So, like, going back to the original part of the EBI format, even, if I'm going to be doing, doing an EBI format, I'm still going to train like I normally actually train, but for my specific training only, I'm only going, going, going to do, do, do things where either I'm on your back or you're on my back, or mm-hmm. I'm going to be within the spider web mm-hmm. or you, or, or, or you have me in the spider web because I have to get those reps in. All right. I'm a black belt. Let's say I own the gym. I've been top dog for a long time. So even my top guys, maybe they have a hard time getting me in these positions because I basically built their game. So I know how to actually counter and counter them. Okay, fine. So in a real life situation where I really have got to actively fight, nobody maybe has gotten on my back in like eight or nine years. Well, if we go to overtime, it doesn't matter. Now someone will definitely be on at my back. It doesn't mean that I don't know how to do the escapes and all, but the timing, the train, train transitions, etc. I may not actually have that. So if I'm not training, training that I'm not going to be anywhere near it sharp, sharp then. Mm-hmm. So that's where a guy that maybe I should, I should in most formats beat may actually catch me simply because I'm a half beat behind then. Yeah, you're because you're not. Because I'm not training it that yeah. way. Yeah. It's down to just training for those things, which brings us to other points that we're making on other episodes, like training for certain rule sets and for certain competitions. And acknowledging the rule sets yeah. in order to understand the game that you're going to play. Yeah. Like you, and you just, have, you just have to respect it. If you want to sign up to do this, make sure you understand what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And then don't bitch about it yeah. when you do something wrong because or if somebody who knows the rule set better than you gets you with it yep that's just how it is that's comp- that's competing so um do you have anything else you want to ask or add i'm good good all right well we're gonna wrap this up appreciate everybody for listening enjoy we'll check you out next the words next episode <laughs> <laughs>